Welcome back to the Jerks in the Fourth Row podcast. The title of today's podcast is Bros on Biopics. Dog, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good. So today we're going to be talking about what makes a good biopic versus what makes a bad biopic. Um, the dog, this is kind of my idea, it kind of came up in a conversation with a few friends, um, you know, over drinks a few nights ago. And I think the dog, I think you actually took it to another level and kind of broke it down, like almost like scientifically, what makes a good biopic. No, I wouldn't call it scientific. I don't know if anything I do is scientific, well, but I think I, you took. I think you. I think you put more like research into this and like really broke it down more than I did. So do you kind of want to well, start I, out by like? I put more. I may have put more thought into it, but than you. But I guess that's like kind of typical, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. I, I I just laid out. So again, topic being bros on bridesmaids, er, bros on bridesmaids, bros on biopics. Um, you know, I, normally we define what essentially a biopic is and then, you know, so I think we should do that first and then we'll go into some of the elements that, you know, I didn't focus so much on the negative. I'm more focused on what I look for in biopics or what works necessarily. What are the elements that, you know, create a, a solid or entertaining, compelling biopic? All right. Well, then in my research, we can get to it later. I have a list of biopics that I think are bad. And for as much as we're going to define what makes one good, I think that we should also explain why generally the population might think a biopic was bad. So anyways, why don't you go through with like your, um, you know, kind of like the bullet points that you found that made a good biopic just to start us off. Well, I don't want to outline all of them first. I think what we need to do first is outline what a biopic is. So just broad strokes. It's it's a movie about like a specific person or persons or group um, that is historic or has a crazy story to tell, but it's based off of real life. Okay. Right? Yeah, I'd, right. I'd say that's a that's a good yeah that's a good definition of of a biopic. I one of my questions to you was going to be like, is this a group? Like, can can a biopic be about a group? So. For instance, like, do you consider like the social network a biopic? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I have one of the, I think I had that down in my research. Um, I definitely do. Because um, so, it's, again, it's about real life events. It's informative. Um, so I guess, I guess this does lead into pretty, this does lead well into my, uh, my bullet points here. So I think personally for a biopic to work, there's like five things that either need to happen or can solely happen that makes biopics great uh, or makes make a biopic work. Um, All right. So number one, I think a likeness to the actual person or persons is not necessarily essential, but an entire movie can be carried on that. Don't you agree? Of course. Yes. So it doesn't necessarily mean that like the story has to be all that great or like the 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 way it was shot is is all that great. If someone looks exactly like that person, like they they can just pull a whole movie off of it. Right? Yeah, I think I think uh, that's the look is is the hook, if you will. Like if you see the nice. preview and you see like okay, that guy looks exactly like you know like Daniel Day Lewis. He look exactly like. 
Abraham Lincoln or what our idea of Abraham Lincoln looks like, then we're more mm -hmm. inclined to be in. I think for someone who actually just looks exactly like him, so let's just take straight out of Compton, for example. Ice Cube's son played him, looked exactly like him. I don't think that he portrayed him exactly, but because he looks so much like him, it allows for a little bit more, you know, space between, you know, what he actually was versus, you know what I mean? The acting can be forgiven no, a little bit if you if the looks is like spot on. No, it definitely can carry a performance. Um, I actually, so the way I did this is I had a, uh, five bullet points and then three movies to kind of exemplify um, each of those those points. So yeah, I did actually have Lincoln with Daniel Day because he looks exactly like him. Um, and I think the movie, like that's that's a movie in itself. Just Daniel Day Lewis looks like Lincoln. Boom, movie. You know? Okay. Yeah. So let's go through um, your bullet points because I'm thinking about like so many other different things that's going to throw us off topic. But go to go to your other other bullet points and we'll kind of give like mini okay, examples sure. and then dive into it more. Sure. So again, the first one is a likeness to the actual person or persons. Uh, the second one is a well-executed impersonation. Um, so that's an impersonation that's not too over the top or too hokey or too, you know, um, necessarily one note. Like it's a, a a broad range, like a really good impersonation. Um, yeah. Got to get their personality down. Yep. Yeah. Personality. I, I, I mean... Is it necessary? Uh, it might be. It might be. Um, but going on, again, my, my bullet points. Number three, um, uh, it's an informative story. Um, so informative about this uh, historical figure or person of interest, um, whether it's their neuroses or like the actuality of their personality, like their body language and stuff. Because so many of these characters, which, you know, were were around before we were born. We we don't actually see them moving around as much because TV wasn't as prevalent, cameras weren't. So it's a lot about I think a lot of important bi or well done biopics really nail again that the neuroses of the character and as well it, you know and it's also informative about life history or yeah. The, so uh, if, if they're if if say I mean I think we talked about it in a recent bio or in a recent podcast the uh, Freddie Mercury wasn't exactly it was it was more of he had uh, Remy Malek had one and two so much he had the looks and he had like his mannerisms down but the story wasn't so much about him and Queen and that's why I think you'd said like it wasn't one of your favorites because it was missing this third aspect that you're talking about see but I so I think that's the difference between two and three because I think it was a great Freddie Mercury impersonation in his movements and his voice and his, you know, just the way he looked. But I didn't think it was particularly informative. Right. Um, so, so that's your third, I, that's I, your third bullet point. And it, and Bohemian yeah, Rhapsody, and it, that, that whiffed on this, on this bullet point. Exactly. Um, and which, you know, leads me to my fourth one. Um, because the information is supposed to let you know about the drives, influences, their the goals that are driving these historical figures. Um, number four, important to me, uh, is the accuracy and research in the portrayal of of those characters and the event that happened, and whether the portrayal uh, is detailed in like the nitty gritty and again the neuroses in the in the in the background not just the stuff that everybody saw um 
so it's not just um, it's it's accuracy in in the in the details. I think is important. Um, so are you talking and, about like so? Is that more like oh, you know, Abraham Lincoln had a mole on his face, or are you talking more of like let's let's get nineteen or eighteen sixty five down to a T, and so everything around him seems real. Like what are you talking about the so, person themselves? Or are you talking about like the setting that they're in? No, great. I'm glad you brought up setting too because it's actually. Um, the informative aspect I had under here was it, it informs us of the environment and the time period. If they nail this character right, they have to nail the environment around them. So um, accuracy is definitely a part of that as well. The the period, like how much they nail the period and the person's interaction with their with their you know peers and people around them. So yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and it's not just like yeah a portrayal of like. You know, like, uh, so let's go to the doors real quick with Val Kilmer. It's not just a portrayal as him as this huge rock star. It shows the, the lows and, like, the, the drug abuse and the people leaving him and the abandonment and stuff like that. So um, I think a buddy of mine might, might argue me on the, the accuracy aspect of that movie. But, again, it's, it's, it's not only informative, but it's accurate to more who they were off the outside the public light um okay so, so all right so what's number five is uh i think it has to be entertaining and accessible like let's be real like yeah. it has it has to be like why do a biopic is my first bullet point underneath that like why do why are we doing this um i recently watched ford versus ferrari last night and i like like uh, you sure it was well done but I don't like I don't really care. Why 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 do I care about these guys? Because they've influenced the, a huge culture surrounding cars, which is we all drive cars. So, anyways, they had a reason to do it. Um, but was it really all that entertaining and accessible? Not not so much. Um, for me, it's it's more the the crazy stories of like individuals that you wouldn't know outside of this story. Like so that like a biopic on. So, like, going into 127 hours with... Yeah, that's a good one. So that, that was one I was going to use as an example. Like, Ford versus Ferrari, the reason I think... And I'm not even sure if I'd consider that a biopic. We can get into that, that later. But, like, the reason I considered it a good pick is because I was ignorant. Like, I don't know what those two guys look like. Like, in real life, sure. I had no idea... So mm -hmm. I was more entertained by the story because I wasn't like researching like, oh, did they get every single mannerism? Did they get every single look right? I think that a movie like that has a certain leniency, much like what we were talking about the two, like at the beginning. Like if you nail the first two, all is forgiven for like three, four and five, your points. Whereas like if you just the opposite, if you choose a story about someone who's not famous, like you said, Ford versus Ferrari, 127 hours. Like, if you go back, Franco doesn't look anything like that guy. In right, exactly. In so all of these aren't necessarily essential elements altogether. Um, you know, like, I don't think that... Uh, I'm not sure if Leonardo DiCaprio looks a lot like Howard Hughes, necessarily. Right. So I but think I think that's an amazing... The Aviator is one of my top... Doc, uh, excuse me, biopics, absolutely. So that's another thing, like, and I, I mean, I might include Lincoln in this because no one walking this earth really, other than looking at the $5 bill, knows what Lincoln looked like, really. Like, there's portrayals of him, but there's no, 
like video, a couple of the pictures, like you see pictures of Lincoln, if you like Google it, sometimes he looks like this unbearded, scraggly, you know, homeless guy. And then other times he looks like the stoic, bearded, top-hatted president that we all kind of think about. So I think that there's some leniency in that. Howard Hughes, obviously, anytime anyone portrays like Caesar or I don't know, like even like go back to far as like Jesus or caveman or whatever. Like we just we just trust what we've seen in like picture books. And I think that that allows for, you know, a certain, you know, stretching of of looks or we're we're more willing to accept a biopic if the person isn't lined up exactly because we didn't really know what they looked like in real life. Gary Oldman did Winston Churchill. You know, there's not too many people who remember exact like living left who remember exactly what Winston Churchill was like, you know, so he won the Oscar, but you, you kind of look the face comparison and it's not that similar. Like he's got the high pitched voice and everything that like we've been told this is what he sounds like on from like crappy audio that's left of him. But we, we leave it to the director to make us believe what we don't know. So, I mean, I well, think that's, that's where. Go that's ahead. where like the ac- the accuracy comes in. Yeah. So I like think the too, elements of, you know, being accurate in in doing their research and in essentially having it be a period piece as well. Yeah. So I think going saying that so I think we're debating the the Freddie Mercury thing, the Bohemian Rhapsody. I think the, the re- half the reason it did so well is cuz there's probably I'd say probably half the world that love this or half the audience that love this never really was around when he was around. And so I think that they take and they, you know, they're unless they've done some sort of, you know, deep Internet digging and YouTube watching, they're taking that movie for historical reference. So, you sure. know what I mean? Like much like we did with Lincoln. And I mean, I got to say with Andy Kaufman, Man on the Moon with Andy Kaufman, like I don't know a whole lot about Andy Kaufman. When I think about him now, I think about Jim Carrey's portrayal of him. Is yeah. that accurate? I couldn't tell you, but I think that, it that is. movie well, was that's awesome. It. Watching, well, watching, uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, Jim and Andy, the documentary about uh, Jim method acting and playing Andy all the time. Like, his, his Andy Kaufman's family were there. The people yeah. that he acted with were producers on the movie, Dan DeVito. Like, Everybody is like, it's crazy how alike he is. Like Jim did his research. Like, yeah, like he that that's what I mean in being accurate and and also being informative. So, so like having that intimate understanding of of Andy Kaufman's experience. Um, I, I think by by meeting with the people in his life, but also you know studying it and really trying to re become it. Um, I think is again is. is it's a combination. All these bullet points I've listed, not every single one of them is necessary, and usually one of them is the key element to the movie. But yes, it, it's a combination of two or three of them that really make a great one. Um, okay, so, so let me give you let me give you a couple of of um, biopics here, and you tell me what the most resounding element was of, or or what the what the. Um, you know what the thing, the bo- the biggest bullet point that you've that you noticed for this particular sure. one. So have you seen yeah. Capote with Phil- Philip Seymour Hoffman? I have, yes. Okay. So what would you say it is in that one? I think it's a well-executed impersonation. So there was uh, um, a movie that came out I think the year before that, like In Cold Blood. Was that the I think there was a movie where someone else played him 
And it just, it, so there's two Capote movies within like a matter of two or three years, something like that. And yeah. Seymour Hoffman, like when I finally understood who Truman Capote was, like I, like it was really for me, it's the impersonation that drove it home. Um, and the accuracy to his mannerisms, neuroses, and, uh, and, and more, yeah, encompassing his essence as opposed to really being more so informative, which it was, but, uh, but, but for me personally, it was more the eg- well-executed impersonation. So another movie um, that's probably different from Capote uh, was about uh, American Sniper, the movie American Sniper. Uh, Bradley Cooper portrayed, geez, I can't remember his name now. I read the book, but anyways, what, yeah. do you, what works for that biopic, uh, Bradley Cooper in American Sniper? Well, I think for me, firstly, it's entertainment value. So my number five, it's entertaining and accessible. Um, and, and by that, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's also informative too. But for me, it's accessible as a, a, a person who's dealing with post-traumatic stress, who's, you know, not addicted to war, but, you know, his purpose, is, he feels is over there and the expectation put on him I think was personally the 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 most um compelling part of it um and entertaining uh, again I, I don't I can't speak to its level of accuracy okay um, yeah the guy's name is Chris Kyle had to look that up but Chris Kyle he was Chris I Kyle think, great name no, no, known as the as the American sniper most kills I think in in at least most recorded kills as an American soldier in, in U.S. history so go, anyways, hmm. go on well, so it wasn't, and again, because we don't know the real person like well at all, there's the likeness to the actual person or the impersonation, or none of that really matters so much as the the what it what it provides is, and that's a a an accessible window into the struggles that come from this modern warfare. Okay. Um, last one, and I mean, we already started talking about it, but The Aviator. Um, if you look at pictures of Howard Hughes, like really the only thing that is similar to Leo and him, at least from pictures, is the hair. Yeah. What works yeah. for The well, Aviator? So what works for The Aviator, I think, number one is... Other than Leo. I know you can't use Leo. <laughs> Leo works. Uh, is number three... Uh, in my bullet points, um, it's an informative uh, biopic. So I I didn't know much personally about Howard Hughes at all, um, but it, his influence in not only um, aviation but as well as cinema as well. Um, and his I, what so what is interesting the the information about him I think is number one, but number two the the actually number two the portrayal into like the accurate portrayal into his neuroses I thought was was really fascinating like so I didn't know anything about this person before going into the movie and then learning that this wild story with this larger than life person um, was pretty accurate in that he had some pretty serious mental ticks um mm-hmm. and uh and for me that the combination of that but do you think that that was accent do you think that that was accentuated i don't know yeah i, I mean 
I imagine it was, but also, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it seems, I don't know. It it it, it seems like a lot of it would be fairly accurate. Um, and it, I, and again, I, yes, a lot of it I'm sure is accentuated, but it also is comes from a, a crumb of truth or maybe you know so that mm-hmm. I I don't know but it but it was certainly entertaining among all so not only is it informative and seemingly an accurate portrayal but it's also entertaining and it's like you know like John C Riley's in that come on mm-hmm. Howard come on come on out of there Howard like <laughs> it's just like one of his random serious roles like. Howard, you can't make me spend more money on this. Oh, that's, that's more like <laughs> Cleveland, actually. Though. You're getting there. Uh, but anyways, I mean, so that one is, again, one of my favorites. I, not only because it's Leo, but, just, but because it was such a unique character and such a larger-than-life historical figure um, that that person doesn't necessarily... We don't. Who's that? Who's that comparison today? Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Elon Musk, Tesla. maybe. Yeah, Tesla. The Elon Musk. Exactly. That's exactly who it's. Yeah. It, it's almost to a T. A hundred years later. Someone or, they'll do an Elon Musk. Who would play? I don't know who would play Elon Musk, but they'll definitely do one of those. Um, so, uh, let me let me ask you a couple. I have a couple of gray area films that I, okay. I in my research real quick we've done this before i, I have a so, few written down too so go for it so is eight mile oh that's that was one of mine that was one of mine um i am ready to argue that yes that that is a biopic yes i would say it is just because the names and a couple of the friends chet i'm sure there was a cheddar bob and obviously b you know b rabbit was based off of Eminem, but I'm sure like he had buddies who he picked parts of their, of their personalities to be so the, technically the that it's he... an auto, it's an autobiographical pick. Yes. I, and I would, I would say that it's a biopic. I would classify it as a biopic. I understand. I could hear the other side of the argument and be convinced otherwise, but in my mind, that is how Eminem grew up in Detroit. Sure. But the only thing is like, he's, the the truth is in his pen you know what i mean like who knows how much of it is true like he's always loved to slander his mom from from day one in his in the slim shady lp like he's he anyway so i don't, I don't know who knows how i i don't know if you could take it as truth but i it's something i came across in my research where i said hey, i don't know if that's necessarily a biopic like i i do like the kim matthews character is clearly Brittany murphy like I, like I, the only thing that's a little bit different is like Haley, his daughter, is really his sister in that movie. See? But but See? it's still yeah. that all the people in his life line up to someone in that movie. So he also I, just I, makes I himself a hero. I bet you, I bet you Marshall did some fucked up shit like that. He didn't really portray. He's just kind of like the the you know unsung yeah. hero of the of his, his trailer park, you know what I mean? So, so the one thing it's probably missing is, I mean, likewise, obviously, in accuracy and in, uh, likewise and mannerisms are taken care of because we've got the real guy here. We've got Eminem. The accuracy is probably wishy-washy. 
the setting, it's in Detroit, so I mean, I think we've got that that part of it, and it's entertaining. So for it's out of it's four out of five. I know with with you, you like to have like these bio, like you. The fact that it's a biopic means it needs to be like lined up with a biography. It might not be a hundred percent true, but if we're talking, we've got four of your five criteria here, then I'm saying yes. Yeah, one and two are inarguable. Out. You can't argue one and two. Like he's himself in that in that movie. Well, because it's not an impersonation and it's not a likeness, so those are negated. But yeah. is it informative? Yeah. Is it accurate? I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, but again, it's like I think Dave Chappelle made a joke about it. Like, was it Lawrence Fisher or like Antoine Fisher? He's like, by Antoine Fisher. He's like, what? This guy got to write his own. He's like, got to write his own biopic. He's like Dave Chappelle, directed by Dave Chappelle, starring. <laughs> Starring Denzel Washington or something. Yeah, Anyways. but Eminem didn't make his his life look like any glor- more glorified than we think it really was. Like, I mean, maybe he he gives himself a little bit more street cred that he really exactly. You know. He's he's selling a story here. Let's not forget. All right, all right. Know. Let's move on here. So, is The Departed a biopic? No, I don't. I think that it's loosely based off of uh, Whitey Bulger and the Jack Nicholson right. character, but I don't think that any other yeah, it's supposed to be like in the modern day. So the settings way off. The names are 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 replaced. I think if they wanted to do a Whitey Bulger documentary, I think Johnny Depp actually did it better. So yeah. like I I don't. I like when I think about Whitey Bulger's story, I I don't think about The Departed. I think about Black Mass over that. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, I totally agree, but I was just going to, all right, and then, all right, my last one, because uh, this, this, I also had the idea of, like, is the group thing a part of it, but um, is Argo a biopic? I would think it, if you ask Ben Affleck, he would say yes, but do I right. think that anything in that movie happened the way it really did? No. I think that one of the thing it was an entertaining story, so it's got your your fifth checkpoint. If you go back at the end, they match up. This is what this guy looked like in real life. This is what the. But do I think it was as I thought? I think the the entire time I was watching it, though I was entertained, it was definitely an enhanced story. So I think it was a fictional fictional spin on what happened. So at the beginning of the movie, they I don't know if they had this or not, but it was quote unquote based off true events. You know, so right, it wasn't right. it, the idea came from what happened in real life, but they totally Hollywooded, Hollywoodized it, whatever you want to call it. Like they turned it into something that was entertaining when I don't think it was really probably that in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. Um, I've got it, one for you. Okay, what about yeah. Apollo 13? Do you consider Apollo 13 a, a biopic? <sighs> um. No, oh crap, that's tough. Because I one of the ones I was going to ask you too is like miracle. Um, so like it's a pretty so the things that I've don't had, don't like, dodge it don't dodge it. Go I'm back not, to Apollo I'm, not, I'm comparing. I'm I'm being transparent through about my thinking. So it's it's like a group of people who are going through something that's well pretty well documented, but like you wouldn't necessarily know the truth of it unless you were there, like. Is it a biopic? No. I'm going with my gut. No. I think I gotta I wish I disagreed with you, but I think 
I gotta, I gotta agree. It's, it was so much based off of like Tom Hanks and his wife's like relationship and the family and like, like do I think that it was more of a movie? It's, a, it was a blockbuster Hollywood movie more than it was. It was more about the story than it was about the De- depicting accuracy the accuracy of the, of the men and, yeah. and family involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure like. There's some crazy stuff that happened amongst those family. Like, who knows? Who knows? I I, it, I, I don't think it was a, necessarily about the accuracy of it. It was about more so portraying an, uh, a, a compelling story surrounding a historical event. Okay. Fair enough. Um, what is... Do you have any more... You said you had questions. I have a few for you, but... No, I, I mean, uh, well, not, not so much questions, but I had, like, I had all these examples for... So yeah, I guess the last thing again, number five was like it, the movie has to it doesn't have to be, but the movie should be entertaining and accessible, and and those are probably what inspire my favorite ones. Um, on top of them all, like there can be great impersonations, there can be inf- information that's per- that's uh, that's that's talked about that I've never heard about before. <laughs> The accuracy could be spot on, but I mostly just want to be entertained. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's what it comes down to for me too. I mean, the the the, the person's got to look. They can't they can't take too many liberties with the the information. Like if it's just completely like paints a story as like I don't know if if someone did like a biopic on Obama and they made him look like the devil, right? Like, uh, come on, I, like. Uh, that that would it doesn't matter how how good the impersonation was or whatever I I would know that this is some sort of political, you know made made for political reasons and I couldn't get over that. At the end of the day, I do want to be entertained. I gotta say my my favorite biopic and I'm gonna ask you yours too. But I think my favorite biopic of all time is is The Doors. Oliver Stone's The Doors with Val Kilmer. Yeah, I, I, well, as soon as you said that, my eyes went to that. My on my paper here because i mean val sorry it was your choice no but, no no i just just because his the the way that he got his voice to sound like um jim morrison the the look the face itself isn't exactly spot on but the mannerisms like with him up oh, on man. stage the, is is spot on body like some, yeah some of like the concerts the he, themselves are are like accurate I'm not sure if he so, died that dramatically or if it was just more sad. You know, I don't think that there was a spotlight on him when he died in the bathtub, but the, it, it it was entertaining and I, I, it's just it's super my favorite. entertaining. But I think it almost had every single aspect of of what goes on. Or excuse me, what what makes a good biopic for me is the the execution. All right, so those listening should know that he sang every single performance in that movie mm-hmm. you none you don't hear any jim morrison they even re-recorded it with even with uh rothschild whatever his name is paul rothschild uh th- the recorder the guy who produced the doors like he re-recorded it with him for the movie so like everything you're hearing is val kilmer which is insane like that's like that's really awesome but he also you're right he looks he looks the part and the like the the movements, the snaky drunken movements, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. the you the believe him to be King. you believe him to be eccentric. Like I was saying that the face itself, like that's the only part that like if you look at that picture of Val Kilmer with his the famous Rolling Stone cover with he's he's topless, yep. and he's got his arms out. 
if you look at mm-hmm. everything like that is perfect like the the hand placements it's the face the face just isn't quite the same but i think that they they saw val kilmer must have auditioned or whatever and they're just like we can work with this let's go we've got ourselves a movie here like we've got ourselves someone we're not going to find someone even if they they were going to give something up if they found someone who looked more like him than to the mannerisms and the voice that Val Kilmer pulled off. And in terms of accuracy, they had Oliver Stone was working with Pamela, his his significant other, his lifetime partner, um, on the movie, and Robbie Krieger, and like the, all the guys, Raymond Zierick, like so there who, was. Who did Johnny Drama there. play? Johnny Drama played someone in that movie. Johnny Drama did. Uh, oh crap! He was the drummer. Right. Um, Dens John Densmore is that it? That's Raymond Zierick. I think it's John Densmore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, hit him and then the uh, and then the Twin Peaks guy is Raymond Zierick, the keyboardist. And I have no idea who played the Robbie Krieger, the uh, the guitar player. But anyways, uh, great, great, great. I think it, it literally hits all five of my bullet points there. Um, and I that 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 movie to answer your question probably was my number one. If not, uh, I gotta I feel like I gotta mention. It was hard for me in my research. Uh, this will probably be one of the final things I say, but it was harder for me in my research to to avoid musical uh, documentaries. So like the you know the the Doors and the uh, you know. Uh, all, all straight out of Compton, but and I wanted to touch on every single one of them. But notorious, uh, the temptation, notorious. Yeah, the, but the Temptations was actually a big documentary for me. So I had always grown up with Motown, and the Temptations was a big part of our family growing up. Uh, and I actually watched this in school in one of my favorite classes of all time, History of American Music. And we watched this, and like every time it's on TV, Kern and I call each other because we remember watch it in school and we're so impacted by it uh but it 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 lets you know again it's more of a period piece in that it's talking about what's going on in motown and what's going on in music and who barry gordy is and um and basically the uh, but it also highlights a lot of the darkness that comes along with touring and and drug use and part and in any way so i i i had a lot of trouble staying away from music but that's the one that i had to if it's not the doors, it's either the Temptations or the Aviator okay. that are my favorites. So okay. th- that's that's the answer to my question or to the question you had. Uh, also, maybe maybe Cool Runnings as well. I wanted to throw that one out there. Is that a? Bi- I don't know if I consider that a biopic. No. <laughs> I came across it. Jamaica, yeah, it's one of those ones. I think you're fooling with me. So Did Jamaica even have ever have no. a bobsled team? No. Right? I, I'm telling you it's a biopic. Yeah, they had it. No, they did not. <laughs> they had the one Darius and the one Junior. Sanka, you dead man. Sanka, you dead man. Uh, no, I, I did come across that in my research. Um, and again, that one was along with my entertainment uh, section, along with Lone Survivor, 127 Hours, The Fighter, um, so all those ones are just kind of like you would never know those stories mm-hmm. unless they were made into biopics okay. kind of um, but but that's really all I had for it um, no I think I agree I liked all of the ones that you like a couple that I would add to it is Judy 
So that was the one where uh, Renee Zellweger portrayed uh, Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I haven't seen that. No. When I first saw it advertised, I go, I don't think she looks much like her. And then I went back and Crystal and I watched a few old, old Judy Garland clips and she's spot on. And it's more the mannerisms. It's more in the line of like what Val, um, Val Kilmer did with Jim Morrison. That, that was really impressive. And the story is entertaining. Um, another one that I liked was Rush. So th- this is the one with Chris Helmsworth, Helmsworth where he's the racer guy and he's going up against kind of like that weaselly stock car driver. You know what I'm talking about? Or the Formula One yeah. stock car. So it, yep. it was Ford versus yep. Ferrari before Ford versus Ferrari. It didn't have as famous of a cast, but I thought it was way better. Again, no idea who these guys are, but I, you know, I was entertained by it. So, I, so big, big in the fifth category. Um Another one that I loved too was oh, where are my notes here? Uh, Notorious. I did. I did say Notorious already. Oh, I hated that one. I liked I Notorious. I thought it was really good. I, but Biggie's Garbage. mom himself said that like he portrayed her perfectly, and it was just kind of like a joyride to hear a lot of Biggie songs and see people's portrayal of like Little Kim and P Diddy, and it, the P Diddy portrayal was terrible in that one. Uh, but Same with Tupac. The Tupac portrayal was yeah, awful. All eyes on me. Yeah, that I, wasn't I, great. I was, I was really disappointed in that. And then, um, what else was another one that I loved? I can't re- remember right now. But the ones that I didn't, we mentioned um, uh, uh, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man with Elton John. I, I think that that was a disgrace. I think that they just, they got a famous actor and they put like crazy star sunglasses on him and say, oh, a British yeah. actor. And now we've got, now we've got Elton. I don't, I didn't believe him as Elton John for one second. I watched that movie on a plane. It was very, very bad. Um, and then the other one, I, I wish it just had, I thought it was going to be a biopic about Mr. Rogers and it turned out to be something else was a beautiful, beautiful day in the neighborhood. I don't think Tom mm-hmm. Hanks was perfect. I think his voice was pretty good, but other than that, it didn't really look... It didn't do Mr. Rogers any justice, and the story wasn't even about him anyways. It was about the reporter. So those were some that I... Uh, what else do I have here? Oh, first, do you ever see First Man with Ryan Reynolds portraying Neil Armstrong? No, I've heard it's really good, though. The movie is good. It's just he doesn't look like Neil Armstrong at all. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that was... The one... There, if, I feel like if I mean I love Ryan Reynolds in it and or not Ryan Reynolds sorry Ryan Gosling in it um, but I just thought that he the looks were just so different that it was tough to believe him as as Neil Armstrong. All right, dog, we're wrapping up here. I had one more question for you. Who in a biopic do you think looked the most like the person that they're portraying? Uh, so this is like kind of a really random deep cut. Um, my answer is Charlize Theron playing Eileen Wunos in the movie called oh. Monster. So oh, she's, all right. So it's crazy. I'm sure you've all seen the picture of her. She's a serial killer. Um, she's a female. Uh, Eileen Wunos, I believe. Wornos uh, is the name. And uh, she's a serial killer. She would, would pose as a prostitute, get men and kill them and dump their bodies. Anyways... She looked super haggard when she was in prison, and she was saying like that when she was like going to her death, that got like the like she was saying a lot of crazy stuff, and that you know she was just very infamous. And Charlize Theron, 
played it perfectly. And if you look up the pictures side by side, it's it because Charlize is so beautiful. It's it's so hard to imagine her looking so haggard. But you pick the picture of her and the the woman Eileen side by side, and it's like it's scary how much she nailed it. I thought you were going, and I I agree. I've done the side by side comparison too. Just you know, when I watch the movie, just kind of IMDbing or googling who, what that woman looked like, and she is it spot on. I thought you were going to say um, the Fox News uh, Megan Kelly. I thought you were going to say her, or was Wait, is that blonde? Her yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. I actually haven't seen that yet. Uh, Maddie was watching it the other day, but he said it was pretty good. It was either going to be that, or I think. Uh, Will Smith and Ali was actually really good as well. Yeah, I think I think that that's a pretty good portrayal. I'd, but I, but I, but my answer is is Charlize. What about you? Oh, jeez, I put you on the spot. Now I'm back on the spot. Um, <laughs> I really like Johnny Damon as as Whitey Whitey Bolter. Really, I didn't think Black I don't Mass think that they look. I don't think that they looked alike, but I I thought that I was more impressed than I thought I was gonna be. Oh man, I mean Lincoln. I mean Daniel Day Lewis's Lincoln was really 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 good. I just believe that that was him the entire time. So I'm I'm on the spot here. I put you on the spot now. I'm kind of struggling to come up with an answer, but it'd be one of those two. Yeah, or I mean uh, Capote was pretty damn good too. That that impersonation was was pretty amazing. That's another one that I pulled from The Doors, and I was thinking, because like, remember, he shows up in, in the movie The Doors to Capote, so that was always my lasting impression of him. But All right, I think that's a good place to end it, homie. Um, lots of stuff, and I'm sure there's lots of biopics that, I, that we missed. Um, so love having the conversation continue after the podcast and see what other people have to say. Um, who do you think? Well, we've already gone who overthink would play you, but maybe we'll save that. I don't know. I'd never have a good answer who would play me. I said Hugh Jackman and Seth Rogen, and neither of those are accurate at all. So I really it's if if they had a baby, if they could possibly fuse a baby together, I think you I think you're on <laughs> onto it. I, I have no I'll, idea. I'll, I'll stick with my um, James Vanderbeek. I'm going to stick with him. We we seem to like be trading gray hair for gray hair in our beards nowadays. So I'm, I'm going to stick with him. But. All right, all right. I'm getting us off track here, dog. Let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks everyone for listening today. We, uh, you probably notice a little bit different uh, audio today. Dog and I got some goodies for Christmas, some new mics, some some new equipment. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed the new audio. And if we completely screwed this up in the editing process, then we apologize for that too. Uh, Dog, I know you're uploading a few more of our old podcasts, right? Yep. And now we're in HD. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just look for those. All right, we got to end it here because I'm just cracking up. So, Peace stay safe. Peace out. Later.